0: A word about uh, Shmini At- Atzer, right? Uh, it is the eighth day. Uh, now, to save a little time, you can read the dirash. I have it right here. Uh, we sent it out to you, and, and maybe you had a chance to read it. Uh, and uh, and in the dirash, I mention about how uh, in Leviticus chapter 23, when we read about Sukkot, it talks about this extra day. It doesn't say much about it, other than that it's a day of rest a day of bringing offerings and in, and in numbers chapter 29 we read about a lot of different offerings that are brought uh on that uh on that day traditionally we do a few different things uh on, on that day like in a synagogue like this morning <laughs> frankly uh one thing uh that is done is that there are prayers for prayers for rain and I have with me a, a machzor for uh, Sukkot. And in it is uh, special uh, words uh, that are said for uh, uh, the holiday of Shemini Yatseret. And, and so uh, we have a prayer for rain. Prayer for rain. That is the big thing on Shemini Yatseret. Now, you know, on the seventh day, right? prayer for pouring out prayer for rain but the uh what would we call it the motif the 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 theme of the seventh day has much more to do uh with the final opportunity of repentance and restoration and reconciliation with god uh, but on the eighth day in earnest we'll say is prayer for rain uh the holiday of sukkot is over uh, no more shaking the Lulah, being in the sukkah. Uh, and so today begins, as it were, the real be- the, shall we say very practically speaking, the beginning of the year. It's like the, the the holidays are over and now it's the beginning of the year. And the first thing we do is we pray for rain because it becomes the it's the rainy season in Israel. and rain in the Bible certainly is a blessing from God. Uh, and it symbolizes the the idea. May God may you pour out your blessing on the land, and a looking forward to the you know planting season, and then the harvest in the spring. So you see the cyclical nature of this. All of the uh, it's all connected. It's like it's not so much that now the year is over, now we wait for Passover next year. No, we're praying for rain so that when we come to unleavened bread, when we come to Passover, we come full you know uh with uh with blessing and i wanted to read just a bit here of the prayer for rain now on jewish holidays when there are special prayers uh in the uh in the synagogue for different holidays usually they come uh, at, at toward the uh the the second the second version of the Amidah it's called musaf uh which is like additional offering an additional uh, time of a uh, prayer uh and at the end of the readers repetition are specific prayers on these different holidays so you have here uh and i'm just going to read a little bit so in uh, in in hebrew these prayers begin in true howard silverman style i thought that i had stuck my bookmark just anywhere in the monk's or and i'd figure it out but anyway they all begin with the word shmini which means eighth, and each one has a refrain a refrain, yom hashmini on the eighth day and it is uh it, you know it's a poem that was written in the middle ages frankly uh and uh, uh, and it reminds us of things on the eighth day so i'm just going to read a few so you kind of get the feeling uh for it Now, when you read it in English, it doesn't have the same uh, poetic feel, shall we say. But anyway, it says, the eighth, I pour forth heart and soul like water. Isn't that interesting? That that's how uh, on Shmini Atzeres, the prayer for rain begins. The eighth, I pour forth heart and soul like water before him who rides in his grandeur upon the heavens on the 8th day right the 8th the day of the mishkan or tabernacle's inauguration so that Aaron could minister and his offspring may serve in the priesthood on the 8th day on the 8th day the decree of the amount of rain whether abundant or scarce will be recorded the 8th day the sign of the covenant brit milah circumcision to save the remnant from wrath on the eighth day. Uh, Then it says the eighth, the festival prepared for the faithful nation set a portion uh, for the seven days of Sukkot and that and and more on the eighth day. But then I'm just gonna jump down, there's a lot here. I'm just gonna jump uh, down all the way, about halfway it says, The eighth is prepared for the time to come, right? Uh, For the olam haba, to rejoice on it with his intimate people. The eighth is called the natseret, a day of assembly for the nation, guarded like the pupil of the eye. Uh, And then uh, it it continues, and it's uh, all very interesting. Uh, The very end of it says, the eighth. Those who foster the praise of your oneness, please, uh, they come to bow to your abundant kindness. Hurry, help them from your holy place. And, uh, and so this is uh, a special prayers for, uh, you know, uh, for seret, And then you have uh, these uh, uh, prayers. All right. Uh, uh, May he give us portions of segregated rain to soften the... Now this means like in different places. To soften the wasteland's face when it is dry as a rock. With water you symbolized your might in scripture. To soothe with its drops through those uh, whom was blown a soul. To keep alive the ones who recall the strength of the rain and then it goes on to say remember abraham who was drawn behind you like water you blessed him like a tree planted alongside streams of water like an echo of psalm 1 there you shielded him you rescued him from fire and water i was gonna say i thought maybe a little uh, fire and rain uh there okay uh you tested him when he sowed upon the waters all right. Well, I could just—I love reading these uh, poems, these Payute, they're, they're beautiful, and uh, but I'm going to stop there. I uh, and uh, um, and that's good enough. Okay. Now, there's something else uh, that we do on Shmini I uh, and that is Yisgur. We do Yisgur on Shminiat uh, you may be thinking, wait a minute, uh, Yom Kippur is over. But on the eighth day of uh, Sukkot, uh, which isn't really the eighth day of Sukkot anymore, it's really a separate holiday, Shemini Uh, And then on the last day of Passover, and on the second day of Shavuot, uh, we uh, remember our loved ones, right? And so uh, what I'm going to do right now, is I'm going to read a representative a passage from our Machzor, uh, just in English, uh, okay? Uh, and uh, I'll use the one, the one that says for a man, and you can just, uh, you know, substitute woman in there as well. All right. And so think right now of uh, a loved one of yours. Okay, or your loved ones. Some of you, uh, I know Ken uh, Willens lit a yurt side candle, you know, for 24 hours, and maybe others as well, uh, remembering his mother and his father, right? And that's what we do. Uh, We remember remember them for good. And uh, so it says here, O God who dwells on high, you who are full of compassion, grant perfect rest under the wings of the divine presence, in the heights of those who are holy and pure, who shine brightly in the firmament for the soul of your loved one. So you remember their name right now. Who has gone on to his or her eternal rest in the Garden of Eden. Therefore, may the master of compassion hide under him or her forever in the shelter of his wings, May their soul be bound up in the bond of life. Uh, the Lord is the inheritance. May they rest in peace. And let us say, Amen. And let us say, Amen. Uh, and, uh, and so we pray for rain and for the blessing of God for the upcoming year. We remember uh, our, uh, our loved ones. Uh, and we focus overwhelmingly on joy uh on this holiday and remember what i said like in israel in israel it's combined with simchat torah so think of all that as like one huge service i mean uh, we're uh, it, it, what a blessing what what a joyous event overwhelmingly the theme of the holiday uh, is indeed joy and so the passage in first kings right uh, Solomon uh, prays uh, uh, on Sukkot for uh, you know uh, the that the God would would remember Israel in the temple, and then he finishes the prayer, and then he blesses the people. It's like a it's like a wish, like you know how we might pray. Oh, may you bless so and so, and so he may, may you bless us. May you incline our heart. You know, incline uh, this word incline in Hebrew. It's actually the word for, like, uh, when you use the word God's outstretched arm. It's like, may you stretch out our heart. Or perhaps in some contexts, it can be used the word to bend. To bend. May you incline our heart. May you bend our heart to walk in your ways. And notice that it says may it, that it may be a blessing to the nations. That's the calling of Israel, Right. And so in earnest, this comes to be with the coming of the Messiah. And so it's kind of interesting uh, that, uh, you know, we we think of Sukkot as the holiday of booths and God is our presence and God is our provision. But here Solomon is praying, may we fulfill our calling as Israel. Uh, and, And he prays that on Sukkot. And then he sends the people away and it says on the eighth day to joy, to enjoy, uh, you know, the portion and to enjoy the calling. And uh, so I hope that now that we have come through the repentance and the reconciliation and the celebration of uh, the main holidays of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, that now we are prepared to, to, to have more joy, to, we have the capacity for more joy now that we have been through this journey. And it's interesting that one of the great sayings uh, among the sages of Israel is what, what um, Shavuot is to Pesach, what, what uh, the Feast of Weeks is to a uh, uh, Passover, meaning uh, that we were redeemed out of Egypt in order to get to Sinai and receive the Torah you know, it's like the the end of the, the Exodus out of Egypt is at Mount Sinai. So the uh, so Shmini Atzeret is to Sukkot, that uh, we have the seven days of Sukkot, that brings us to the eighth day, and on that eighth day, as I said last week, uh, according to you know Jewish lore and and tradition, is that God enjoys the uh the fellowship so much that he adds an extra day uh and uh, i would say maybe it's the other way around maybe we enjoy uh the the fellowship so much with god that he allows us to have an extra day of rejoicing and celebration uh on on this day and uh and so i certainly hope that uh, we recognize That And in Messiah, he came that our joy may be made full. But it is very interesting, I think, uh, and I know that um, um, some of you are familiar uh, with this, that, you know, when you read, uh, we make a big deal on uh, Sukkot about the seventh day, right? In John chapter seven, in the gospel of John uh, chapter seven. And we know that was the seventh day, right? Okay. But if you continue reading past it, and then you go into the eighth, eighth uh, uh, chapter, it says, And early in the morning, uh, as uh, Michael Goulet so well read with a deep voice of his, And early in the morning he came again into the temple. Okay. Uh, and and so you have a whole day going on. There's a day. May I suggest that perhaps this is Shmini Atseret, the eighth day, uh, the the end of the feast. And it is very interesting because you know uh, there are two uh, very well known uh, traditions that uh, that take place on Sukkot. Uh, that uh, perhaps Yeshua pointed to. One clearly is the seventh day and the water drawing. We talked about that last week. But the other one is uh, the, uh, the burning of the priest's old garments. Uh, and I wanted to read something. If you're interested in learning, where can I learn more about these things? You know, uh, Alfred Edersheim, uh, was a Messianic Jew. He was a Jewish believer in the Messiah who lived in the days of a revival. There was a, you know, there was a revival in the late 1800s uh, from about, oh, I don't know, 1860, for the next 20 years, maybe 25 years, where many Jewish people came to faith in, uh, in Europe. In, in Europe, that's another story for another day right? Uh, And there were uh, several uh, learned Jewish men uh, that came to know the Lord during that period and that wrote. And that's how we know them because they wrote. Uh, And they were familiar with the Mishnah. They didn't take a course on it and then write about it or read in somebody else's work and then quote it somewhere else, so to speak, right from the horse's mouth, okay? Uh, so Alfred Edersheim was uh, one of those uh, one of those people, and uh, he wrote a book called the main work that he wrote is called the Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, the Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah, and that is still in print by the way, and it's been reprinted in a more modern version of English, uh, uh, and that's really helpful. But then uh, he wrote several other books. One was the social life in the days of the the Messiah. How people, what people did, how they conducted life uh, in the first sentence, in the days of Messiah. All gleaned from uh, rabbinic literature, Talmudic sources, and other writings and, and traditions. And then he had another book that he wrote called The Temple, which a lot of this information is in that big giant work of over a thousand pages, but it's uh, condensed here in a book called *The Temple*, the temple, its ministry and services. So he writes about this uh, ceremony of uh, of burning the old garments of the uh, of, of the priests. So he makes a point of saying uh, how Yeshua says, uh, you know, that he is the light of the world, right? Uh, And then uh, he writes about this uh, ceremony. He says, at the close of the first day of the feast, the worshipers descended to the court of the women, where great preparations had been made. Four golden candelabras were there, each with four golden bowls, and against them rested four ladders and four youths, of uh, four youths of priestly descent held each a pitcher of oil capable of holding 120 log from which they filled each bowl the old worn out clothing of the priests served for wicks to these lamps there was not a court in jerusalem that was not lit up by the light of the house of water pouring the chassidim the holy ones And the men of deed danced before the people with flaming torches in their hands and sang before them hymns and songs of praise. And the Levites with harps and lutes and cymbals and trumpets and instruments of music without number stood upon the 15 steps which led down from the court of Israel to that of the women according to the number of the 15 songs of decrees in the book of Psalms. That's the songs of ascent in the Psalms. They stood with their instruments, that's Psalm 120 to Psalm 134, by the way. They stood with their instruments of music and sang hymns. Uh, And then I won't take the time, although I could read the whole book, right? Uh, That it talks about how uh, they would go down the steps a little bit, then they'd stop. And they would sing, and then they would go down some more steps. And then they would sing. The picture you get is of the, the temple lit up, all of Jerusalem, you could see it. Great singing and rejoicing. And may I suggest that it was in this context that we read in the 8th chapter of the Gospel of John uh, that uh, Yeshua says here in verse 12, Yeshua spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. This is uh, very important words of, of Yeshua, and part of I think as Messiah followers, we can celebrate Sukkot and Shmini Seret and remember how Yeshua is the light uh, of the world. And light is uh, is used was used certainly in the ancient world. To speak of, of deities and varieties of ways. But clearly in the Bible, light is equated with knowing God, clarity about God, um, uh, the, the blessing of God, the protection of God. Uh, you know, you, you name it. And, and of course, um, you know, there are many passages uh, in the Torah and the prophets. Indeed, uh, that uh, talk about, uh, you know, that talk about uh, light, okay? It says, for example, you know, in Isaiah chapter 9, it says in verse 2, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. That is referring to the nations uh, in the coming of the Messiah. In Isaiah uh in the same book in chapter 49 i i know that many of you uh, are uh familiar uh with this uh it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of jacob and to restore the preserved ones of israel i will also make you a light of the nations so that my deliverance my salvation may reach uh to the ends of the earth and doesn't that make us think of, uh, of the gospel of uh, Luke, right? In uh, chapter 2, in verse uh, 32, where we read that Yeshua would be a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of uh, of Israel. But not only light in relationship to bringing the message of God to the nations, but as we have been reading Day in and day out, uh, on Shabbat mornings here uh, for six weeks or so, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Now, the light uh, also refers, of course, to the light that led our people in the wilderness uh, in Exodus chapter uh, 13. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way, and a pillar of fire by night, much like the priest's clothing burning, you know, uh, in the environs of the of the temple to give them a light that they, they might travel by day and by night. Uh, that's in Exodus chapter uh, thirteen. And so uh, clearly, uh, you know, Yeshua is the light of life. Uh, and uh, certainly, you know, in the beginning of the the uh, uh, Gospel of John, we read uh, he came about uh, uh, about uh, John and Yeshua. Uh, uh, it says in verse uh, six of John one. There came a man sent from God whose name was John or Yochanan. He came for a witness that he might bear witness of the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light but came that he might bear witness of the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens uh, every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not uh, know him. But Yeshua is indeed the light. He is the light uh, of life. Uh, And when you go on and you continue to read, as Michael did, all the way through verse 30, clearly Yeshua, by identifying himself as the light, people knew that God God is light. And by him saying in John 7, out of me, if you believe in me, Rivers of living water, you'll, you'll never thirst again, and rivers, rivers of living water will th- will flow through me. And then when he says, I am the light of the world, clearly he is making statements of his identity uh, with God, his identity uh, with uh, the uh, the Father. You know, it's in the context here, uh, we don't have time to read it, But if you continue to read, you know, he talks about, uh, 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 like, for example, in verse 31, Yeshua therefore was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, then you are, you know, truly disciples, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, And uh, if you uh, continue on, it's all the way down to verse 58. Yeshua said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And may I suggest that the primary passage, the primary passage that he is speaking about that there is contrary to what you may think is actually in Isaiah uh, chapter 43. When you read in verse 10, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, or that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am, or I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you so you are my witnesses declares the lord and i am god even from eternity i am or i am he and there is none who can deliver out of my hand i act and who can reverse it Uh, may i suggest as uh, people were very familiar with the messianic passages of isaiah uh, that this is what he was saying by the way something else very quickly about this in John 7 and John 8, when Yeshua makes these statements, one of the things you notice is that there's great confusion afterwards. Like, what is he saying? Is, is this blasphemy? Is he the prophet? Is he the Messiah? Who is he? And you, isn't it interesting that some things the more things change, the more they remain the same. That even to this day, there is confusion uh, when we read those words. What is he saying? What does it mean? but clearly Yeshua is identifying himself with, uh, with God. And um, we are the people who uh, receive the light. We are the people who receive the living water. Uh, and so we have much, much to indeed be thankful for on Shmini Atzeris as uh, messianic believers coming through repentance, reconciliation, Uh, and uh, a celebration, right? Well, uh, very quickly, you know, uh, it says in the book of Ephesians, in the fifth chapter, you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So Yeshua came to bring us not only to be our light, to give us eternal life, the light of life, but also uh, to uh, give us the way of life to make the Torah realized within us, as we read in John chapter one, we're called to walk in the light. Right? Uh, And so what, uh, what do we read elsewhere? Uh, We read in Matthew chapter five, let your light shine before men in such a way that you, that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. And that's followed up by him reminding us that he did not come to abolish the torah that's the next verse by the way uh, and uh, and so i uh, you know we have the light of life you know what it means for us it means we know who we are we know where we come from we know why we're here and we know where we're going you know it means uh that uh, uh we are filled up and satiated with light and with water. And isn't it very interesting that in these chapters of John, uh, we read, and I shared this yesterday afternoon at uh, Steve uh, uh memorial service uh, a little bit, that uh, Yeshua identifies himself as water, right? And providing living water, right? Mayim Chaim. That's what he says to the Samaritan woman in the fourth chapter. of of John, and she's confused, Uh, you know, and it's very interesting, he says, uh, you know, if you knew who was standing before you, you would ask for my water, and she says, what what are you talking about, you don't even have anything to draw water with, Uh, how how are you going to do that, so he says, I give you living water, and you know what, if you drink my water, you'll never thirst again, and you know what her response is, it's one of the best responses in the Bible, sir. Give me some of that water. That's what she says, right? Because she realized, I want that living water. Uh, and, uh, and that is the satisfaction that we have the robust life of total shalom, right? Uh, I don't have time to go through the litany of the semantic range. But the wholeness that God gives us. To be satiated, to be full, like having a full meal, right? Uh, that's what it means to drink of Yeshua's water. And then, interestingly enough, in these chapters, he talks about food, right? Uh, he says to the apostles when they return and, uh, and with, with food, he says, I have food that you don't know about. And they just went to get food, and they're saying, what do you mean you have food we don't know about? What are you talking about, Right? confusion, but by his light, he enlightens them. Just like he enlightened the Samaritan woman, he enlightened his, his disciples and he enlightens us. He's the bread of life. He is indeed the sustenance. We all need bread and water, right? We need bread and water to live. We need food and we need drink uh, to live on. But we have to keep eating and drinking. We have to keep eating and drinking. Yeshua gives us a way of life that is full and satisfying. And on Shemini Atzeret and Simchas Torah, these days are designed for us to fill up to complete capacity that joy. That joy that comes via the journey of repentance and reconciliation and celebration. Uh, on Sukkot. And so I hope indeed that that is is how we can celebrate uh, these days. And I hope that we can live that way and and we can demonstrate it uh, uh, to others. So no matter where we're at today, no matter what we may be happy about, sad about, worried about, whatever it may be, may we focus On this that Yeshua is the light of the world. He is the light of life who not only enlightens us so we can know him but that we can really embrace him and we can be immersed in him via the Ruach HaKodesh and be filled up with that living water and filled up with bread. And you know what it's like after you eat a satisfying meal? It feels good it feels good i'm full you know Uh and, and and what happens when we don't have it right we become as it were we're tired and hungry we become hangry right and that is not a good place to be but in yeshua he gives us rest he fills us up with drink he fills us up with bread uh, and we are satisfied in him and uh, uh, there's no other way, indeed, to say it. He is indeed the one who sustains us. He is indeed the one who gives us life and sustains that life. And that is our challenge, right now. As we now as we begin the year, and we're praying for rain, may every day we ask ourselves, "Is this indeed a day?" Uh, of rejoicing, and remember finally the words of, uh, of uh, Paul uh, in uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4. Of course, I would turn to Psalm 118, but it's too far away in my Bible, right? But, in, uh, uh, but I'm nearby Philippians, so when, when Paul was in jail, okay, I, I, and he's writing to the believers at Philippi, isn't it great that he says uh, here, he talks about his, uh, his struggle, isn't it? In verse 3, he talks about his struggle for the gospel and about uh, Judea and Sinctity uh, who, uh, you know, who are, uh, they're, they're kind of upset. And he says, may, you know, may these two women live in the harmony of the Lord, indeed, true comrade. I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle, you know, his struggle for the cause of the gospel. And then he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. See, it's okay to repeat yourself. Uh, Paul does it all the time, all right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Lord is near. Don't be worried. Don't be anxious. But everything by prayer and petition or supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the shalom of God, which is incomprehensible will guard your hearts and your mind in Messiah Yeshua. Dwell and think on the things that are right and the things that are good and are pure and lovely and are excellent. Right? Uh, And then he says, you know, I have learned I can live with humble means. I can live with prosperity. I can go hungry. I can suffer need. You know, why? Uh, Because Uh, he has contentment in the Lord when he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, meaning he to live as Messiah and to die again. And he's filled up. And so he's overwhelmed by all that God is in his life. You know, you ever notice that uh, I was just reading something with someone in first Timothy and Paul has a habit of going on these tangents of giving praise and thanksgiving and glory to God. I would suggest that he's just like overwhelmed you know when he's, he's like making a point and then he talks about the grace of god and then the grace of god makes him think of the mercy of god the mercy of god makes him think of the power of god and the power of god makes him think of how, how he was a terrible sinner but but look what god did in his life he's just overwhelmed he's so full up with who god is may that be you and me and as we begin, now we're back, at, we're kind of, uh, you know, tonight is Simcha's Torah. We finish Deuteronomy and we begin Genesis again. And next week, it's back to our regular services. You know, the holidays are over. May we be able to ride this horse, you know, and really be able to rejoice in the Lord, remembering these things. Well, let's pray. Lord uh, God, uh i just uh uh burdened for us uh as a congregation as a community that we would not be wringing our hands and overwhelmed by current events by uh you know here in the u.s by our election or by covid or by uh the technology and how we're doing services now i pray that we would be overwhelmed by you and that all of this sort of is put in its place but that we'd be overwhelmed by you and that we would not just give lip service to the joy of the Lord, but that we might really mean it. And today on this eighth joyful day of celebration, and then tonight, that you would do a real work inside of us, Lord, and that we would really be enjoying that living water and eating that food, and not striving and striving and striving in our own strength and always being hungry and always being thirsty. May we be filled indeed. And may it be expressed in joy and peace, uh, long-suffering, patience, kindness, and all those kinds of things, by the filling of your ruach. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for Sukkot. We thank you for Sheminiyat Seret, the eighth day. We thank you for the joy of the Torah. We thank you, Lord, for the life indeed you've given us in Messiah and the community that we have together. We pray in Messiah's name. Amen.